to this week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Ezra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim community about Texas and national politics. You can follow me on social media, such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The handle is WiseUpTX. Or you can check out my uh, website, which is www.wiseuptx.com. Remember, everyone, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. So today's segment is called, Where Do We Go From Here? And I'll be covering the election that happened this past week. It's crazy to think that it happened a week ago. Some of the faults that I think were in the Hillary Clinton campaign and covering, you know, what do we do next? Like, where do we go from here? So I wanted to start with my thoughts on how I felt that the election results came out. I'm going to say that I was stunned, to say the least, but you know, it's been a week and I gave myself to kind of mope around until Monday and I promised I would pick myself back up and get to work because that's what's really important is to make sure that we continue to stay active, to make sure our voice is heard and we know that we've faced Islamophobia in the past, we currently face it and we need to continue fighting. So that's kind of the first thing I'm going to take from this. But I did feel really upset and distraught with the results. You know, I really thought I'd be waking up to our first female president, you know, on Wednesday morning, and it just didn't happen. And this loss, you know, it signifies so many things, you know, to everyone. But to me, it made me feel like as a woman, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much experience I'll have, it won't matter when I'm compared to a man. Like, I'll not be considered an equal due to my gender or my religion. I mean... Hillary Clinton came in with 30 plus years of experience, whereas Donald Trump had no experience, no political experience whatsoever, and he still won. And people didn't take that into account. And, you know, that really bothered me because I'm like, is that what's going to happen to me when I want to move forward in my career? Um, Of course, the religion aspect definitely comes in because we've seen the racism that has ensued with Trump's rhetoric. And even after he got elected, it seemed like we were very scared that those people that elected him based off of racism, they, you know, felt that they could openly be racist and that it was okay. And that also, you know, really concerned me. I do hope that President-elect Trump, you know, doesn't go through it with much of his campaign rhetoric. Um, And we've kind of seen in a few of the interviews that he's already done that, you know, the wall is going to be part fence. He may not repeal all of Obamacare. He doesn't really intend to you know, go back on the gay marriage issue. Abortion is still up in the air. Um, I do have a glimmer of hope. You know, I don't think Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, or Elizabeth Warren, or even the Obamas would be watching on the sidelines. You know, I did, I think we can look up to them when and if those battles are potentially fought. Another thought I had was about the media. Um, I, I feel like the media got it all wrong on so many levels. First, the polls were wrong. I felt like they did an incredibly lousy job in covering the campaign with regards to Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I mean, they they covered so much of the quote-unquote scandals, whether you believe them or not, for Hillary Clinton, but there was no talk about her policy. I mean, they covered her scandals more than they ever talked about her policy, and I felt like that was very detrimental to her because... People didn't realize what her policies were, and she didn't have as great of the catchphrases like Donald Trump had to really reel people in as to what her policies were about. And so, you know, that was really upsetting. And and I also think that the media did a bad job in really 
demonizing the rural population as if they're all idiots and dumb. And, you know, that's not the way to go about it. You can sit there and look at, you know, liberal websites such as like Occupy Democrats on Facebook or, you know, some of the others, and they they can be very demeaning to the other side. And while they may align with your political views of how you notice the other side, that doesn't mean they're right. And, you know, you sh- we should look for media outlets that do a better job of really relegating both sides of the issues, not sitting here just going in alignment with what you believe in. And so while we sit here and complain about those who are far right and listen to Breitbart and Fox News, I mean, we're also guilty on the other side. I don't think the liberal side is, you know, guilt-free on some of these media issues. So I think that's something for us to take into account going forward. But I still do hold the media somewhat accountable in not reporting a lot on the policies, but more on the scandals or what Donald Trump said, X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think when they, when they covered her scandals more than her policies, it shamefully helped shape a lot of the misinformed voters. I also wanted to address the third party protest voters. I mean, I felt, especially those in swing states, like, did they feel privileged casting their vote because it wouldn't essentially affect you? Um, Did you believe in your third party candidates platform? Because, you know, a lot of people voted Gary Johnson, who are huge Bernie Sanders supporters, but their platforms weren't, you know, the same. Like, they were very unsimilar. And on top of that, Hillary Clinton had actually incorporated a lot of Bernie's platform in. So I, I didn't really understand that situation. And... I'm curious as to how people feel that Bernie Sanders will move on as a senator, like these third-party protest votes. I mean, with Hillary Clinton as president, she and Bernie could have accomplished a great many things. You know, he would have been able to hold her to her words and, you know, hold her accountable. And now he has this incredibly difficult uphill battle to fight. And that's why he campaigned so hard for her, because he saw the big picture. And I think a lot of people, when they administered their third-party protest votes, unless, you know, they really believe in that platform... They didn't notice the big picture. I mean, they took offense in of to themselves. And I know there's people out there that think that the primary was rigged um, for Hillary Clinton. And while I do think that the DNZ did a terrible job, I think they messed up when they favored Hillary. I think at the end of the day, you have to look at the votes. I don't think the votes lie. And I think she still won the popular vote when it came down to the primary. And then there are those that make the argument that, oh, if Bernie Sanders was a candidate, he would have definitely won against Donald Trump. I also don't agree with that. One, hindsight is twenty twenty. Two, uh, he had a lot of difficulty in gaining the minority votes. Um, he still lost against her in the primaries. And if you don't think, you know, he is Jewish. If you don't think anti-Semitism wouldn't have creeped up during this actual election cycle when he went up against Trump, I can guarantee you that it probably would have. And he had more of a socialist democratic platform. And I believe there are many Republicans that ended up voting for Hillary that would have gone the other way because they're very much against a socialist uh, platform for the country. So I don't think it's very easy to say that, oh, if Bernie was there, he would have definitely won. I I don't think that would have been the case. I still think it would have been an incredibly... um, difficult election for him as well. You know, moving on to President Obama, I really, really feel for him. You know, the racism he had dealt with throughout his presidency has been abhorrent to say the least. I mean, just recently we see this post by an elected official from West Virginia that said that she's excited for a real first lady in the White House compared to an ape in heels. So, I mean, this is just 
it's just horrific, disgusting. And that's just one example of the way the Obamas have been treated by a lot of people in our country. And, you know, it seems that a lot of that he has worked for will probably be repealed. Perhaps the Iran deal, several parts of Obamacare may be repealed. And so for those third party voters and the non-voters who loved Obama, I'm curious as to why you didn't bother to vote. I mean, did you not think about his legacy at all? Because it's going to be severely affected. And talking to those non-voters, did you know there's 46% of people that did not vote? You know, that's, that's just really sad to me. And I hope that when it comes to midterm elections in 2018, that number is way, way lower. We have a lot of work to do to get there. So I felt like, you know, the theme for this election cycle was hypocrisy. And I want to address it because I think there were many hypocritical moments um, with regards to the election cycle. I, I covered the media Now, with Hillary Clinton, (coughs) I think that she was a very able candidate. I think she was very well educated. She had the experience, and I think she would have been a great president. But maybe she wasn't the strongest candidate. She didn't have those catchphrases. She didn't have, you know, the charisma that came with Obama and her husband and even Donald Trump. And there was, you know, somebody mentioned to me that, you know, when you go to vote, most people aren't educated in the policies Frankly, they don't care or they just don't have the time. They're going to vote for someone that they can have dinner with. And when they picture themselves having dinner with Hillary Clinton, they don't find themselves enjoying themselves as much as they would have thought of having dinner with Donald Trump. I mean, forget all the comments that he said. I mean, put that to the side when you're thinking of this. And so that's something that kind of, you know, changed my perspective because as someone who's a policy wonk, such as myself, and I work in policy, like, that's that's my everyday life, right? I live and breathe politics and policy. And so for me, when I read Hillary Clinton's policies, they make sense to me. I feel that I am, you know, I feel like there could be real progress made. But I've come to the point to realize that most people aren't going to be as nerdy as I am and read all those policies and read all the politics and they're going to vote based off of sound bites. And plainly, most people are just uneducated, which I find to be exceptionally unfortunate. But it's just, you know, you know, this, it's just what it is. But I do want to point out the hypocrisy that I felt many people didn't understand or realize because as someone that reads both sides of the media, yes, I read Fox News and Breitbart because I want to see what other people are saying and opens my views. I did feel that there was still hypocrisy. So those email scandals that you kept hearing about with the server, you know, I think it's fine that you can criticize her for it. But what I didn't understand is why no one brought up the email server that happened with Secretary Powell. He had the same situation or the 22 millions deleted by George Bush. And I didn't understand why that didn't get the same media attention. I don't understand why that didn't get the same scrutiny by our government. I found that exceptionally hypocritical. And I also am sure and positive that many government officials are a bit dubious about their emails, but they haven't gotten the same treatment. Then you have the Benghazi scandal. Sure, I believe she made some mistakes, but so many embassies have been attacked while a Republican was Secretary of State. I'm curious as to where all those investigations and inquiries were because, you know, I didn't see them anywhere. If you want to hold one Secretary of State accountable for these types of situations, I think that should happen in every sort of embassy attack, and that has never happened before. 
Even Ambassador Stevens, who is the ambassador that unfortunately got killed in Benghazi, his family didn't even blame her for these issues, and they were pretty outspoken about not blaming her. Then you have the comparison of the works of the Clinton Foundation and the Trump charity groups. They weren't even close. The Clinton Foundation, yes, I think there were definitely some blurred lines while she was Secretary of State, but there was no proof that because people came for pay-to-play, what was the catchphrase by the Republicans, that, you know, people would pay and then, you know, they would offer them favors within the government. There was no proof of that. Um, There have been articles done on it. Whereas you had the Trump charity groups where, I mean, it's been caught about how he used some of the money to pay for certain things, such as a portrait for himself. Then there is a point of paid campaign speeches. You know what? I hate to break it to y'all, but majority of politicians do it. And I don't understand where the public outcry was. Do you seriously think that when President Obama leaves office and President-elect Donald Trump leaves office that they're not going to be doing paid speeches post-presidency? Yes, they are, and they'll get paid a lot. Then there were the whole WikiLeaks situation. You know what? I'm all for transparency in the government, but there should be equality. I'm very upset at the fact that you've only honed in on one you know, campaign. On which is Hillary Clinton. You didn't show us the Bernie Sanders emails, the Donald Trump emails, or the other 16 Republicans that ran for president. I can guarantee you that those emails wouldn't have been pretty either. And, you know, when you're running a campaign, you're going to think of all the angles to bring somebody else down. So when you're only looking at Hillary Clinton's emails of how she wanted to bring Bernie Sanders down, I can guarantee you that when you look through Bernie Sanders' emails, that there would have been those same type of emails. But you know what? We didn't get to see them. So they only got skewed in one direction, which was Hillary Clinton's. Then you also had those people who were President Obama supporters and who supported his foreign policies but couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary Clinton because they found her you know, foreign policies very hawkish and that she was a war hawk. And I have issue with that. I don't think President Obama's foreign policies have been good for the Muslim world at all. I think, you know, the drone wars that we have happening in Pakistan, I think he could have done, been more aggressive in Syria, which is what Hillary Clinton advocated for. And I don't like the fact that he is helping fund Saudi Arabia to bomb Yemen as of right now. I think it's fair to criticize anyone for foreign affairs, but I also think you should be fair across the board. While Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, President Obama was there overlooking it. He agreed to many of her deals. So if you're going to be critical of her, you should also be critical of him. And that, and if you can't do that and you can't you know, f- figure that out, then you are being hypocritical. Then there are those who are Trump supporters that wanted Hillary Clinton to show you know, transparency but didn't clamor for his tax returns. She wasn't able to yell passionately for her political speeches without facing scrutiny. But we all know in the mail, in this presidential race, if they yell and they could yell as loud as they want, they seemed very passionate. You know, at the end of the day, she wasn't a perfect candidate. But I still, you know, greatly admired her. You know, she's been criticized by so many people, you know, whether it was you know, staying with her husband. She had been told, you know, when her husband was governor that she should change her maiden name and that because she didn't change her maiden name to Clinton, that that's why she wasn't a proper first lady. Um, You know, in high school, people told her that no girl could be president. And they also asked her when her husband was running for re-election as president that she shouldn't be, 
you know, in the West Wing with him because it seemed like her husband was weak. And so, you know, these are definitely sexist moments. So my overall point in this kind of rant that I had was just that misogyny existed in this. There was definitely hypocrisy in this, but I still will say that, you know, she did make some mistakes. I think she should have done a better job campaigning in Michigan, um, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. She really, you know, underestimated that population. She didn't really, un- like, understand that many white, blue-collar people are really upset with the way that the economy is. I think she kind of, you know, I don't know, just didn't think about it. I'm not sure about that. I do think that she should have chosen a different vice presidential candidate. I don't think Tim Kaine brought some pizzazz to the tickets. If she was already missing that charisma, she should have gone with a VP candidate that could, you know, really bring that charisma in. I don't think Tim Kaine did. um, He didn't bring any excitement to the ticket at the end of the day. I think he was able and qualified, but again, no pizzazz, no excitement, and that was definitely needed in her campaign. I also think she was also guilty of that liberal elitism that people, you know, have taken so much issue with. I think she's very smart and very qualified, but I think she thinks that other people should have felt that, oh, look at all my policies, look what I've done, and that's what you should take into account, and that's where she felt that she was so strong. What she failed to realize is that majority of people and majority of America don't really look into the policies, don't really read into it. They just want to hear your sound bites and see what you're really going to emphasize for it, and I do think you know, she didn't really do a good job of doing that. She didn't really sit there and, you know, go out to the crowd saying, yeah, I'm going to, you know, get your jobs back. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. She took a much more pragmatic approach, as maybe you could say, but that didn't really win her votes. I definitely do think that the scandals in Comey had a negative effect on many people because majority of people listened to what the media told them and didn't do their research to really figure out, you know, what was being said. And I do think at the end of the day, she should have done a much better job from the get-go to address, um, you know, the scandals that were, you know, hit on her, such as, you know, the emails. She should have just apologized for it straight away. Um, She took her time with it. I also think with the speeches she had with Goldman Sachs, she should have released those transcripts, whether they were for good or ill. And, you know, they came out with WikiLeaks anyways, and they weren't really that shocking, and they weren't really that or as crazy as the media made them out to be. So I think she could have done a much better job addressing those issues. I do hope that one day, you know, in my lifetime, that I will see a female president of the United States. It would be a really, really exciting moment for me, and I'm sure for all people across the world, that, you know, this is the greatest nation in the world, and we haven't had a female president yet. So I hope and look to that in the future. So now that, you know... I've gotten all my emotions out, and I hope that some of y'all, you know, kind of resonated with it, because I know a lot of people have been really frustrated with this, and actually had a Facebook post about it and got such great feedback that I thought I would also share it with all of my listeners. You know, let's move on to where do we go from here. So the fight doesn't end. We have to, you know, pick up the pieces, and we got to keep fighting forward. Right now, if you're living in Texas, the Texas legislature begins in January Today, or sorry, yesterday was early bill filing. And let me tell y'all, the anti-Sharia bill, it's on there and it's going to be fought for. So now is the time to start 
figuring out who is your Texas legislature, your representatives and your senators. And right now, go talk to them and speak with them about these types of bills. I will continuously be posting them on Wise Up on Facebook, so make sure you keep checking. Or if you're on Twitter, check those out. Finally, we've seen Donald Trump is starting to appoint people within his cabinet, his chief of staff. Seems fine to me. It's this chief advisor that he gave, Brannon, and he, you know, as someone that has had white supremacy leanings, to say it kindly, um, you need to talk to your U.S. senators in Congress. So those are Senator Ted Cruz and Senator John Cornyn about that appointment because that's the only way... You know, if they see a bunch of pushback and a bunch of outcry about it, that's the only way that they can actually, you know, push back on these appointments because they're the ones that are going to have the greatest effect. Not your congressional members, but the U.S. Senate. Just because the election is over, this doesn't mean that, you know, you just go back to oblivion. No, this is the most important time to watch president-elect Donald Trump to see what he's going to be doing and what he intends to act and those people that he puts into power because that's indicative of the type of presidency that he's going to have. So overall, I hope you keep paying attention to the news, following up with what he's doing, contacting your legislators, especially in the U.S. Congress if you're concerned with something that Donald Trump intends to do. Go meet with them. Go talk to them. Tell them about your fears. Tell them about your concerns. And not even just for your representatives. I've noticed, you know, there are a lot of people on my Facebook news feed that didn't like Donald Trump but voted for him because they have more conservative, you know, tendencies or they like the conservative platform more. You know, talk to them about your fears. I've been discussing that with my you know, peers about how, okay, you voted because you're very much against abortion. That's your biggest issue. And we can sit here and complain and moan and cry that, oh, these people are racist. And maybe they are and maybe they aren't. It's not fair to group everyone in one bag because at the same time, there are those that really disliked Hillary Clinton but still voted for her because they felt that she was a lesser of two evils. But then do you want people to also group you as, oh, you're corrupt or you're a liar, etc., etc.? That's also not fair. In fact, I'm going to relay a personal story. You know, my mom came here uh, to the States by herself to attain a higher education. She went to the University of Oklahoma. And when she came here, you know, back then they had, you could live with a host family. So those kids that came from abroad used to live with a host family that, you know, they lived with them, they took care of them, they fed them. I mean, they literally treated them like family. And my mother had that family, a host family, and they were the kindest people to her. They treated her exceptionally well. They thought of her as family. I mean, they were even at mine and my husband's wedding. And to this day, even it's been 30 years later, they still, you know, come to Dallas to visit her. And they've had such an amazing relationship. But you know what? They supported Donald Trump in the election. And I know it's very difficult for many of us to stomach that anyone who voted for Donald Trump But to them, abortion was a major issue. They were also concerned about the Supreme Court nominations. And that was one of the biggest reasons why they voted for him. I don't think that they're racist people at all, especially with the love and kindness that they've shown, not only my mother, but my entire family. I think those things were more important to them. And so I know that we keep hearing a lot of people saying like, well, if they voted for him, they're automatically racist. Again, I urge you not to think like that. And... Again, voice your concerns to people because I think you could get, you know, a long way from there instead of just, you know, fighting back with hateful rhetoric when you see someone that said that they voted for Donald Trump. 
So I think you should have slightly an open mind and, you know, hear them out, but you should also talk to them about your fears because several times they're not going to understand where you're coming from because they haven't met people like that or they're completely unaware about it. Yes, there are those that are not going to be very nice about it or not really care, but that doesn't mean you give up. I see people posting about Donald Trump and that they voted for him because X, Y, and Z. They don't want to be called, like, called a racist or they don't want to be relegated in that group. And I talk to them and I tell them my fears that, you know, after 9-11, I got hate mail and, you know, I my car was vandalized, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell them, you know, I'm afraid of those fears coming back again with Donald Trump. Can I, can I count on you as an ally against racism? And, you know, sometimes the outcome has been really positive. They're like, yeah, of course. And, you know, some people just won't care. So don't stop with just your congressional members. You know, do it with your peers too, your coworkers, in the appropriate moment in time. And finally, keep tabs on the Texas legislature. Those bills are coming out, and some of them are not pretty. So get to know your Texas representatives as well. Um, you can find all that information on my website, wiseuptx.com, and go to the Voter Info tab. A couple of announcements. We are revamping the website, so sorry for any slowdowns, but it's still pretty much up there. Just uh, give us a couple of days to iron out all the kinks. Secondly, this is going to make my last podcast of the year. I will be back on in 2017. I'm going to be taking a break for a little bit, but don't you worry. We've got some exciting stuff coming up that will carry you over from the break. So I hope you guys will be uh, checking out my Facebook page and Twitter accounts. We'll be having some guest blog posts. So you'll be able to view things in a completely different perspective instead of just always listening to me. And last but not least, I wanted to share some awesome news with y'all is that Wise Up The podcast and the website and the blog and everything has received an award from the Austin Chronicle, which is a big newspaper here in Austin, Texas, for being the best new political voice. And after this election results, it brought me so much happiness and, you know, it really gave me motivation to continue to work so hard to make sure that our voices are heard, that you all hear about politics in the news. And I was so ecstatic about the award, and I really would not have this award or be here if it wasn't for all of you amazing listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support. You have no idea what this award and all of y'all's comments and thoughts and support mean to me. It means so much to me. So thank you all so, so much. All right, people, let's have hope. Let's move forward. We can do this. And don't forget, everyone, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. Until next time.